But I want you to turn your Bibles uh, this morning to First um, Corinthians chapter number fifteen. First Corinthians chapter number fifteen. I'm going to read a verse out of John chapter number eight. You can turn to John eight with me if you want to. You know the verse. Most of you do. Many of you do. But I just want to read a verse uh, out of John chapter eight, and then we'll spend our time this morning in the Sunday school hour um, in. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we come to you this morning. Dear God, Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for first loving us. And dear God, I do come to you, Lord. I, I, I ask you, Lord, that you allow the Spirit of God to have free reign in this service today and do the work that only you can do. And Lord, I understand there's not a person in the sound of my voice, uh, Lord, that has come to hear from Chris Dallas, Lord, but they've come to hear from heaven And I pray that that could happen here today and throughout this week. I pray, Lord, that the lost would be saved. I pray that you'd encourage, discourage, lift up the brokenhearted. I pray, uh, Lord, as the week progresses, and Lord, as we even leave this place, Lord, here in a couple of weeks, they may not remember who preached the summer revival of 2020. uh, But, Lord, they they will know that uh, they have a closer walk with you. And, Lord, we're just uh, uh, drawn closer to you. And, Lord, the Bible... Uh, gives us clear instruction, gives us uh, that promise that if we'll draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to us. And Lord, I pray that that would be very evident this week. And we'll thank you for it. In your name I pray. Amen. We live in a world that wants, wants us to believe that, that we live, we're going to live in defeat, and that's just, the, uh, that, that's just the reality that we're going to live in defeat the rest of the days of our life. That's what the world would have us to believe. And we understand this morning that if you and I are a, are a blood-bought child of God, that before we were saved, Satan was in an all-out attack for our soul. But now that we are saved, he's lost the battle for our soul. But that does not mean the devil has quit fighting. And he's not fighting for our soul today, but he's fighting for our mind. And if he can get you and I to think about things and ponder on things and dwell on things that we shouldn't be thinking about and pondering on, then in reality he's gotten victory over our mind. We understand this morning that Satan has had 6,000 years of experience to knock God's children off kelter. Matter of fact, you've read the verse a thousand times. The Bible says in John chapter 8 verse number 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. Look the Bible says. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar, and the father of it. The Bible says that he was a murderer from the very beginning. In the very beginning of the Garden of Eden, He twisted and conceived the Word of God. We understand that he began to deny the very Word of God. He began to ask Eve. He said, said, yea, if God said, she said, well, we can partake of everything in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She said, because the day that we eat thereof, we're going to surely die. He said, well, you're not going to die, but you'll see yourself as God's. The Bible says that she partook of the fruit and she did give to her husband and he did eat. And because Adam partook of that fruit and broke God's commandment, condemnation fell upon man. And now his penalty was death and hell. 
But that penalty or that the effects of Adam's sin not only affected Adam, but it affected every man, woman, boy, and girl from that day to this day. All of us are sinners because of that one man's sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, Wherefore as by one man sin into the world, and death by sin, and so death pass upon all men, for that all have sinned. We understand this morning that those of us that are saved by the grace of God, just because we're saved and we're on our way to heaven, does not mean the devil has quit fighting. And the devil wants to bring defeat in our lives, and he doesn't want you and I to live the victorious Christian life. But child of God, you and I can live in victory, regardless of the chaos that is going all around us today. You and I can live in victory. But child of God, we must remember, I must remember that victory does not mean not to have an enemy. It does not mean not to have opposition. But thank God you and I can overcome that enemy. We can overcome that opposition because we've met the great victor himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15. And I, I, I want us this morning, I want us to get a vision for victory this morning. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and look at verse number 57. And I want to dissect the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 and give us some instruction and a recipe that the Apostle Paul gives us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God on how you and I can live in victory. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 57, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, but it doesn't stop there through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse number 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And vision is referring to the revelation there that the prophets received. And this day and age, you and I obeying the very word of God. And when there is ignorance to God and to God's word, we can see all around us that crime and sin begin to run wild. And morality depends on the knowledge of God, but it also depends on keeping God's law. And in order for both nation and individual to function well and have victory, we must know God's way and obey God's word. And the Bible says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And can we all be reminded this morning There is no victory in this life apart from Jesus Christ. Amen. And for the next few minutes in this Sunday school hour, I want to give us some things that Paul gave us here in 1 Corinthians 15 on how you and I can live the victorious Christian life. I want you to look at verse number 1 through verse number 4 this morning. Getting a vision for victory. The Bible says in verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, 
according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. First of all, if you and I are going to live in victory again, number one, we're going to have to receive the promise of salvation. Amen. We're going to have to receive the promise of salvation. Paul talks about the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order for anyone to ever have victory, they first of all must be saved by the good grace of God. Uh, Every man, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever walked the face of the earth except the Lord Jesus Christ, every person. Uh, before they meet Jesus they have an empty void inside of them and they try to fill that empty void with everything the world may have to offer I don't know what you try to fill your empty void with but I try to fill this empty void with all the vices that the world had to offer but I just remained empty I was like that prodigal son that uh, went to the hog pen and the Bible says that he would have eaten of the husk that the swine did eat that word husk defined it means empty and he would eat of those husks but he just remained empty but thank God one day I I met the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I tasted of the living water, and thank God that void has been has never been empty again in my life, amen. And maybe this morning you're in this Sunday school hour, or you're visiting, or maybe you're a church member of this church, but you may know about Jesus in your mind. You may, you may have the knowledge about the death, the burial, the resurrection. You may have the knowledge of the virgin birth. You may have the knowledge of all the things about Jesus. But can I say salvation is not just knowing about the Lord, but it's about receiving the finished work on the cross of Calvary to be saved by the grace of God. And can I say this morning, there is no victory apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I think about Paul, Paul said about himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 15, I believe it is. This is the faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. And I believe with all my heart that if Paul, the chiefest of all sinners, could be saved, sanctified, and set apart for the master's use, there's not a person in your life or my life that God cannot save, sanctify, and set apart. And when they seem like they're a hard case to us, thank God we serve a God that specializes in the hard cases. Amen. First of all, if we're going to have victory, we have to receive the promise of salvation. There is no victory apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And salvation is the greatest prayer of faith that God will ever answer in any of our lives. And the same God that answered that supernatural prayer of faith is the same great big God of heaven that can answer the needs that come along this journey called life according to His will. Amen. First of all, must receive the promise of salvation. Number two, Look what Paul said. Look what Paul said. Verse number 9. He said, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Number two, if you and I are going to live in victory, not only are we going to have to receive the promise of salvation, but number two, we're going to have to regard the past. 
I'm not talking about walking, or I'm not talking about living in the gutters of yesterday, but every now and then we need to take a walk down memory's lane and remember the goodness and the grace and the mercy of an almighty God that came by our way one day and saved us by the grace of God. And can, can all of us in this Sunday school uh, be reminded this morning, whether you grew up on a church pew or you were a full-blown dope addict, can I say uh, we were all an outcast of that place called heaven before we met the Lord Jesus Christ, and every single one of us deserved to be in heaven but thank God for his grace and his mercy that he saved us by the grace of God. Amen. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad this morning that not only do we serve a God that forgets uh, or forgives us of our past, but we also serve a God that forgets our past. I'm glad as for eight years of my life, and I don't say any of this to bring any kind of glamour to sin or Satan. I want to bring all the honor and glory to God for my life. But can I say before for eight years, from the time I was 14 to the time I was 22 years old, I, I went through all those rehabs in and out of jail and stood up at AA meetings and said, my name is Chris Dallas, I'm a drug addict and alcoholic totally reliving the past day in and day out but I thank God my God in heaven doesn't see me as I was but he sees me as I am a blood bought child of God amen and child of God your past mistakes and your past failures may be different than the one sitting next to you but every one of us have a past this morning before we met the Lord my preacher made this statement some time ago He said, humility is not forgetting where and what God brought us from. Pride is forgetting where and what God brought us from and just focusing on where we're at today. And There are no self-made men. There are no self-made women. Somebody helped mold us and make us and mentor us. Somebody planted the gospel seed in our life. And can I tell you, child of God, don't ever forget the past. I'm not talking about living in the gutters of yesterday, but every now and then we need to take a walk down memory's lane to remember how good God's been to us. Number three, look at verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Not only, if we're going to live in victory, not only must we receive the promise of salvation, number two, regard the past, but number three, also recognize the pardon, amen? Recognize the pardon that was given for us. And although you and I were guilty of our sin, and we deserved that place called hell, the pardon for our sin was given on the, when the Lord laid down His life willingly on the cross to pay our sin debt. And it was only by God's grace that He saved us. And it's only by God's grace that He secures us. And it's by God's grace that, thank God, one day He will take us to that place called heaven. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, It is a blessing for us that as sin lives and the flesh lives and the devil lives, so Jesus lives. It's also a blessing that whatever strength these may have to ruin us, Jesus has still greater power to save us. Amen. I want to recognize the pardon that was given in my stead so the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin, for your sin, so that we may be saved by the grace of God. Look at verse number 11. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says, Therefore, whether it were I or they... 
So we preach, and so ye believed. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Can I say, if you and I are going to live in victory in this world that seems like they're trying to uh, shove defeat down our throats, can I say, number four, we're going to have to rebuke false preaching, amen? We're going to have to rebuke false preaching. Uh, Paul was rebuking those that said the resurrection had already taken place and they were left behind. And the only way you and I uh, can rebuke false preaching is we must get in this Bible right here and find out what God says about the matter. Can I say, all of this world one of these days are going to realize that this Bible that I hold in my hand and that Bible that you hold in your hand is God's final authority. I don't care what everybody else says about the matter. I just want to know what God says about the matter. Amen. There's no doubt in my mind, member of Riverside Baptist Church, every time your preacher stands up, he faithfully feeds you the Word of God every time he's ever preached. He's fed my soul spiritually, but I thank God I don't have to be just dependent on what the preacher gives me Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. I'm glad that God specifically has something for me every single day in this book right here. And my friend, that's why we ought to read it. That's why we ought to study it. That's why we ought to meditate on it. In these days that we're living in, the Pope came out a few months ago and said because of all that's going on around the world that the, those that believe in Catholicism, they can just go to the Father themselves I've got news for the, for the Pope. Uh, we've been able to do that ever since the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected the grave. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. Thank God I don't have to go to some confessional booth and confess my sin to another sinner. But there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I don't, can I tell you that this world is lying to us and we must find out what the truth of the matter is. And the only way we can do that is to get in the book, child of God. I'll tell you tonight, this morning, I've made my mind up. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live by faith, amen? And the only way I can do that is to get in that Bible right there. Yeah, I could care less uh, what Oprah and Dr. Phil says about the matter. I want to know what God says about the matter, amen? You've heard it said before, what you do with the Bible determines what God will do with you. Third of all, fourth of all this morning, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse number 20 with me. Look at verse number 20. The Bible says, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and because the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming.
Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he shall put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. If you and I are going to live in victory, and you and I can live in victory, we can live the victorious Christian life. Number one, we're going to have to receive the promise of salvation. Number two, we're going to have to regard the past. Number three, we're going to have to recognize the pardon. Number four, we're going to have to find out what it is to rebuke false preaching. And number five, uh, just uh, remember the, the resurrection power, amen, the resurrection power. Uh, Paul had told them in verse number 14, he said, if Christ had not risen, then our faith is useless. You understand that uh, the Lord's resurrection had offered uh, us the gift of forgiveness, not only for that, but thank God it also gave us the victory over death, hell, and the grave. And child of God, we don't serve a dead Christ on a cross, but we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. And the same power that resurrected our Savior from the grave is the same power, the same Holy Ghost that lives inside of you and me this morning. Amen. And child of God, the same power that caused Christ to resurrect from the grave is the same power that is available for us to live in victory today. Don't God's, God hasn't changed. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. The, he, he still has the same power to let us live in victory in these days. Look at verse number 31 with me. I would read verse number 29 through 50, but I, I want to I stay on this for just a moment. Look at verse number 31. Paul said, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Can I say, if you and I are going to live in victory, we're going to have to find out what it is to have a race for purity. A race for purity. Paul wasn't talking about a physical death, but he was talking about crucifying the flesh and being led by the Spirit of God that lived inside of him. Matter of fact, Paul said this in Romans chapter 7. I'll read it. Romans chapter 7, verse number 18. He said, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. If there was nothing good about Brother Paul, there's nothing good about you, and there's nothing good about our flesh as well. My preacher and I were traveling one day together, and he told me the story of the pastor that pastored the church there in Lexington before he came, became the pastor. And when Brother Lewis Arnold left the, the, the pastor at Claysville Baptist Church. He did not leave the ministry. Matter of fact, he traveled the country until he was 102 years old. And Brother Fugit would have Brother uh, Arnold there every year on his birthday. As a matter of fact, Brother Arnold preached on his 101st birthday. And after they got through preaching that Sunday morning, the preacher took Brother Arnold out to eat and they were sitting there eating lunch and Brother Fugit asked Brother Arnold, he said, Preacher, he said, 
as you travel the country at 101 years old, he said, what's the hardest thing that you have to overcome? Thinking he was going to say, because I'm old and I'm feeble and it's hard for me to get around. He said, Brother Arnold looked at him with tears streaming down his face. He said, preacher, he said, the hardest thing that I have to overcome traveling the country at 101 years old is this stuff I live in called the flesh every single day. And can I say, child of God, if a man of God at 101 years old still had to fight the flesh, you and I are going to have to fight the flesh. And every single day, if you and I are going to live in victory, we got to go in front of that mirror and tell ourselves, you're not in control of me today, but the Spirit of God that lives inside of me, He's the one that's in charge of me. And the old man is still just as much alive as he's ever been. If there's a funeral service that every single one of us ought to attend, it's the funeral service of self. There's nothing good about your flesh. There's nothing good about my flesh. And although we will not be sinless or perfect until we get to heaven, our desire should be to be sinless and strive for perfection in our lives. One said that self-conquest is the greatest of all victories. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not, be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul said that we are to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. He wasn't talking about physically dying. He was talking about dying to this old flesh and being led by the Spirit of God. I think about over in the Old Testament, those Old Testament saints of God they would offer up animals as a burnt sacrifice. But they wouldn't offer those animals up in whole pieces, but they would cut those animals in pieces, and they would offer those animals up in pieces to God. Every morning of my life, including this day here, I go to God in my prayer time and say, God, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I ask you to allow me to die to myself, die to my wants, die to my desires. And God, I want your wants and your desires for my life. God, I ask you to take my mind don't let me think about anything or ponder anything that would be wicked or vile or sinful. Talk about pieces. God, take my eyes and don't let me look upon anything or see anything I should look upon or see. Talk about pieces. God, take my ears. Don't let me listen to anything or hear anything I should listen to or hear. Talk about pieces. God, take my mouth. Don't let me talk about anything or say anything I should talk about or say. Talk about pieces. God, take my heart and cleanse and make it pure and holy. Allow me to be a clean vessel that can be used by you. Talk about pieces. God, take my arms and my hands and don't let me pick up anything or touch anything I shouldn't pick up or touch. Talk about pieces. God, take my legs and my feet and don't let me walk any place or step any place I shouldn't walk into or step into. You say, Brother Dallas, why do you do that every single day? Every single day. Why do you do that every single day? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want the flesh to rule and reign my life, but I want the Spirit of God to rule and reign my life. And child of God, I tell our folks in our addictions outreach back at home, and I set the standard way too high, I know, Brother Wolfram. I said, if Chris Dallas were to lay down that Bible for 30 days, if Chris Dallas were not to access the throne of grace for 30 days, if Chris Dallas were not to darken the door of a church house for 30 days, and not know what it is to be led by the Spirit, but be led by the flesh, I said, Chris Dallas is capable of committing the most heinous crimes of the one that sits in the Kentucky State Prison today. 
You say, brother, that's why you say that I'll tell you why. Because this flesh is still wicked. It's still vile. It's still sinful. And I don't want the flesh to rule and reign my life. But I want the Spirit of God that lives inside of me to rule and reign my life. Look at verse number 50 with me. Verse number 50. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Verse number 50. The Bible says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For, the, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Child of God, can I say this morning, Paul gives us a recipe here on how to live in victory. This, this next point here that he gives us, you and I can live in victory in a world of defeat if we'll understand the return of Christ is perceivable. The return of Christ is at hand. It could happen any moment. It could happen before this service is even over. And there's only a few, a handful of you in this room this morning that I've ever met before. But there's one thing I absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that I have in common with every single person in this room is that we'll all stand before a holy God one of these days. And my friend, if you're lost here this morning, you'll stand before God at the great white throne judgment. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you'll stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll have to give an account to how we labored for God. And I'd hate for my testimony to be that when I stand before God, just like everyone will stand before God, the Bible says, all shall appear. And we're not going to be able to duck behind the crowd. We're not going to be able to get lost in the crowd. Matter of fact, we're not going to be strutting through heaven like a peacock with our chest bowed out. We're going to be humbled that day. And we'll all appear before a holy God one of these days. And Brother Marshall, I'd hate for my testimony to be when I stand before God on that day that I gave more energy and more effort as a lost sinner on my way to hell for the devil's activities than I ever did for God as a blood-bought child of God on my way to heaven. I don't want to just live for God when I'm at church. I don't want to just live for God when I have Christian fellowship. I want every second, every minute, every hour of every single day to understand that the return of Christ is evident. And I want my life to be living a life for His honor and for His glory. I want to live my life day by day, minute by minute, with the understanding that Christ 
return could happen any moment. And lastly, and I finish, look at verse number 58. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be as steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you and I are going to live in victory, lastly, let's resolve to be persistent in the Lord's work. Paul said, be you steadfast. That's consistent day by day by day. Child of God, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never get here. And all we have is today. Be persistent, be steadfast. He goes on to say, be unmovable. He said, be you steadfast, unmovable. That's never giving up. Never giving in. If you get knocked down, get back up. Dust yourself off. And just get back in the work of the Lord. Then he goes on to say that walking and working for God is never in vain. One thing I know as I read this Bible. God always, always, always blesses faithfulness and obedience to His Word. My wife, she cooks for about 200 folks during the school year. And there's times where my wife, we, as you can tell by my physique, that we got a lot of cookbooks in my home, amen? And there's quite a few times I've seen my wife, she'll go pull a cookbook off the shelf and she'll go sit in her chair there in the living room and she'll open up that cookbook, and she'll begin to read that cookbook. But she's not reading that cookbook just to fill up her mind with knowledge. She's reading that cookbook to put some action in which she just read. I've got about 25 of those Bibles back home in my office in Nicholasville, Kentucky. That Bible has never done me any good when it's like that. Boy, it sure does me good when it's like that and I put some action behind what I just read. Winston Churchill said this about victory. He said, victory at all cost. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory ever how long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. We live in a world of defeat, it seems. But I'm glad that even though I live in this world, I do not have to be defeated by this world. I can live in victory. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. Lord, we sure do thank You again, Lord, for loving us. Thank You for saving us. Thank You for this Sunday school hour, dear God, as we've all assembled here today. Thank You for the good liberty You've given us for this Sunday school hour. I pray, Lord, for the service to come. Lord, I pray, Lord, as... Uh, as we would preach the Word of God that you laid on our heart to preach today. I pray, Lord, that you'd allow it to go upon the hearts and, Lord, just bring conviction Lord, where conviction is needed. Or if there is anyone lost here today, I pray that you'd save them by the good grace of God. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, that you, Lord, that each and every one of us would find out what it is to be able to live in victory. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you.